Hi, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Rhythms Podcast, where it is our desire to have practical conversations around the unforced rhythms of grace, practices and rhythms that we can create in our life to allow space for the Holy Spirit to shape us and form us in Christ's likeness. I am so looking forward to our conversation today because we have a very close friend of mine joining us. His name is Tavitrius Bracey, and you're going to hear me refer to him as T often throughout, um, but T is a close friend of mine. We've been friends for a long, long time. He has spent time with YWAM. He's done college ministry. He is currently pastoring a church, helping pastor a church, I should say, in the Triangle area of North Carolina. And we're going to have a conversation today about the practice of prayer, but more specifically, the rhythm of contending prayer. And so I hope that that piques your interest and you enjoy this conversation with my dear friend, Tavitrius Bracey. Well, T, it's so good and exciting and awesome to have you join us on the Rhythms Podcast. Um, T, or Tavitrius Bracey, is a dear friend of mine and has been for a long time. Um, we actually go all the way back to time in ministry in Wilmington. And, um, T's done all kinds of cool stuff. He spent some time with YWAM. He's been all over the world, has a deep passion for prayer and discipleship and mission and renewal and revival and uh, currently serving in a pastoral role in the Chapel Hill area of North Carolina, which I won't hold that against him since I'm a state fan. Uh, we, we will be praying and interceding on his own sal- for his own salvation. His own oh, salvation. man, it's okay. I'm actually a Duke fan. Don't tell anybody, though. <laughs> um, but with that I'm being said, from- T, welcome, man. Welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. We're glad to have you. Oh man, Spencer, it's so good to connect with you and be a guest on your Rhythms podcast. I'm so happy for that gracious, gracious intro, man. Um, You're too kind, so happy to be here, dude. Oh, we're so glad, man. So thrilled to have you. Um, So our conversation today is going to be around prayer, but more specifically, my hope is that we can talk a little bit about the rhythm of contending prayer, um, which obviously there's all different kinds of prayer for us as followers of Jesus. And I felt like there are few people that I know personally who would be more equipped to have this conversation about contending prayer and renewal and revival. So before we even jump into that, T, can you just kind of give a little brief overview of kind of how you have seen God moving across the world in your own experiences and where it's taken you and just helping us see a broader picture of the kingdom, if you yeah. can, in terms of the manifest yeah. presence all across the world. Yeah. And so I'd love to do that. And so it's uh, my journey has taken me all across the world and it really started in prayer from my own personal salvation um i would say in 2009 which started in a prayer of a deep cry of like god help um to him leading me to a place to even me being launched to the nations began in a place of prayer when i didn't really have a heart for the nations i didn't have god's overall big 
global picture. And he just started putting nations on my heart. And as I prayed for them, he was like, okay, I'm going to send you, you know? And so, and that launched me out into seeing him doing amazing things across the globe from, you know, very much decentralized church planning in India and in, in the Northern Indian region, uh, what pastors there and some of what people would call the hardest and darkest places. Um, we were seeing the gospel breakout. Um, you know, I actually was served food by a woman in this place who had been raised from the dead, um, mm, which is kind of interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, and so from seeing that, um, and to seeing his presence work powerfully, not overseas, you know, because a lot of people think it just happens on missions trips, uh, but that's not true. Um, being a part of a student movement here um, in North Carolina that has touched across the nation, I've seen a lot of God's manifest presence breaking out on campuses and in cities um, here in the Triangle region in North Carolina, but also just across the world. And realistically, Stu, the, the thing I can trace it all back to is a sense of prayer, a, a desperate need for God. Um, and really clinging and calling out to him um, as I've seen that, you know, I'm seeing a renewed sense of holiness and, and uh, really a, a sense of the word of like never before um, and church planning as well. So um, seeing all these things across the world and God just manifesting his presence powerfully in many, many different ways. Mm, man. I wish I could just be like a fly on your shoulder as you've gone across the world and seen the manifest presence of God doing radical things because of, you know, faithful servants. I just, there seems to be this Isaiah call of, you know, send me, I'll go. Um, man, that's beautiful. So uh, first question, I just want to ask you, and I've asked others this question on the podcast and we talked about prayer before, but um, for some prayer is ethereal. It seems very abstract. So when we're talking about prayer, how would you define it? How would you define prayer? What is prayer? Yeah, I'll give you a story um, about a little known person. His name is Armin Gesswin. Um, he's kind of known as like the apostle of prayer um, kind of in America. He's connected and linked to Billy Graham's first evangelical crusade, uh, which they were praying in a prayer meeting before that launched out, um, praying for him. But uh, that thing of prayer being ethereal um, can best be summed up in the way that he learned how to pray from this uh, man named Ambrose Whaley, um, who was just a blacksmith, a layman, so to speak. And, uh, you know, they were in a prayer meeting, our means listening to him pray. And he said, everybody else kind of prayed and it seemed like they're just reaching for the clouds. But when he prayed, there was something different. And once he went to get along with this man and pray in his barn, he said he opened his Bible and he learned something there of Ambrose telling him to learn to pray for promise. And to me, all prayer really is, is a intimate communication, a dialogue between you and God, praying back to him, saying back to him what he's already told us to communicate, you know, his explicit will and his desired will in that. Um, you know, as you said, it takes many, many different forms, but it ultimately leads us to this place of dependency on him where we come to rely on his power and his strength and, and not our own. 
to produce something that he desires in the earth through his people. Mm, yeah, I love the idea of dependence and, you know, the, the fact of prayer, even in the original language, I think really speaks to a sense of begging that we can only get yeah. out of a covenantal relationship or abiding um, with God. And that's the ultimate desire. So, um, man, that's really good. So now we're going to move into talking a little bit about contending. Um, obviously, you know, you talked about being in some of what people would call the darkest, you know, places in the world, so to speak. Um, right. I would argue, you know, there's different manifestations of darkness all across the world. It just looks yeah, exactly. different. Um, when we talk about contending, what comes to your mind? What do you think it means to contend in prayer? Oh, man. Um, I love in Luke 11, where Jesus himself gives us a great definition of contending prayer, um, of where we see it as a fighting, um, as going to an advocate, you know, in Luke 18 of uh, the persistent widow, where he gives us the story where we need to contend there to pray, um, of where we're praying and contending for justice. But in this, it is a uh, strenuous kind of fighting, almost like a, um, you know, in Jude, where they say to contend for the faith um, as a, a a thing that requires strength, um, a thing that requires persistence. And I like to call contending the until prayers, Mm. you know, the until prayers. I've seen a lot of different intercessors, uh, mainly older ones, talking about this concept of until, you know, of the being in the tension of what is and what is yet to come. Mm. Um, to be seen. And they call those the until prayers. But in Luke 11, uh, verse eight, there's something he talks about, you know, that we should always pray like this. And, and it calls it the shameless, shamelessness mm. of relating to carrying out God's plan with an unembarrassed boldness mm. in the faith. And so that unembarrassed boldness of what may seem extreme, of what may seem radical to some he actually calls unembarrassed boldness in prayer of praying and going to our heavenly father for those things that we need and we know that he desires um and that follows his grid um i kind of call it the outline for prayer that he talks about that the disciples as teach us how to pray yes you know and everybody knows that you know father who is in heaven you know your will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. That's the one thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. You know, it's not teach us how to cast out demons or heal the sick or preach or proclaim the kingdom. It really is teach us to pray. Um, and he provides us that outline that we could literally just repeat every single day. Um, why do you think it's hard for people to have that sense of boldness? What, like, what do you think is hindering people from contending in prayer. And, and let's be honest, some people have a hard time even praying in general. You know, they grew up in a, in a, you know, home, maybe in the South and they prayed before they went to bed at night. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep, you know, yeah. depending on your theology is depending on how you finish that prayer. Right. <laughs> but yeah. that's, or you pray at the dinner table and that's pretty much it. Why, why do you think it's hard for people to step into that sense of a boldness as you referenced? Yeah, I think part of it, you know, several different reasons. I think one could be our microwave culture 
of we want everything in convenience, you know, of like if I pray and I don't see it in a day, a week, uh, a month, a year, you know, then I give up, you know, on it. And that's not what Jesus tells us to do. He said that we should pray without ceasing. Uh, we should pray and never give up um, because um, also it's, it's knowing, I think there's a confusion on God's will and his goodness hmm. of does he desire to give us these things? Am I confused about his will? But where I love to go back to is scripture, because I know that if I'm praying his will, if I'm praying his word, that it is his will, mm -hmm. you know, and sure. that if I pray his word that he says, you know, it, it's going to fall down like rain and it's never going to come back to me void without accomplishing what I intended it to. Mm -hmm. And so it is a belief more so, I think is self-reliance versus God reliance and spirit reliance mm -hmm. um, in that um, contending place. And as you go to contend, you know, you can be worn out, man. Let's, let's not lie. Like it's, it's not easy. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, praying for something and, and really sometimes you may not see the results of that, you know, but you have to believe that he is who he says he is, you know, and that he talks about even in that chapter of like Luke 11 there, he goes on to talk about my father is good. He wants to give you good things. The gift of the Holy Spirit is what he talks about specifically there um, in giving us that. And so he says that the goodness of God wants to lead us into that place of relying on him for those things that he has specifically kind of asked us to pray and contend for and that we should not give up in doing that. And so I think sometimes in this microwave culture of convenience uh, that we live in where everything is fast results, mm -hmm. that sometimes, you know, there's something that is cultivated on the inside of us that needs to be cemented in faith versus mm -hmm. of seeing something on the outside first that mm -hmm. really takes root. Yeah, I think about the moment where Jesus is with the disciples and he's obviously training them, teaching them, showing them um, the values of the kingdom manifested on earth. And there's the demon possessed boy. And he mentions to the disciples that this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Yeah. In other words, it's not going to be intellect. It's not going to be some sort of rhetoric or persuasion, which we live in an academic environment or enlightenment you know, period of time in history and modernity where it's all about ideas and the mind. And we've come to a point as the church where it's like, we have to almost burn the ships and it's like, we're going to either die or we're going to, you know, take land um, in terms of fighting and contending. Um, I love John Tyson. He makes the quote where he says, the intensity of our prayers must match the intensity of our moment. I think that's a pretty prophetic statement to make. And even you talk about the, the engagement of our whole body. And I've heard people discuss travailing prayer, which is just this whole body experience. I mean, you see it with Jesus in Gethsemane, right? Like he's, he's bleeding and, you know, he's praying and fighting and um, engaged with his whole body to a point where he is literally bleeding um, or sweating drops of blood, it says. And so, um, yeah. And then, and we see in John 17, another, I think, vision of this contending prayer, the high priestly prayer of Jesus before he goes up to the cross. And, um, you know, he's just calling for oneness 
he's calling for a sense of um, empowerment and a sense of unity amongst the believers. So um, now a lot of, a lot of times when we're praying, we don't know what we're praying for. And for us, we talk a lot about renewal. We talk about revival, even, you know, talking about this idea of untilling um, or breaking up the hard ground, you know, um, I know in Hosea, it talks about breaking up the fallow soil. Um, what do you think renewal looks like? You know, we, we talk about renewal. We talk about restoration or revival and we throw these words around, but how would you articulate? What does renewal look like? Yeah. Um, renewal to me in a sense is kind of on a personal level of that inward sanctuary was taking place on the inside of our lives. You know, of Jesus talking about like, the sacrifice on the inside you know when he's talking to the pharisees he's like you give these things on the outside but i want that inward sacrifice that's mm. going on he's so concerned about our heart um and so that renewal to me i mean i would kind of say a personal reinvigorated sense of religious fervor or faith um you know uh renewal kind of sparks this idea of uh if you look at i think it's isaiah 40 where he talks about those who wait on me you know hope in me will renew their strength like an eagle you know and that that word renew there can be kind of you know word pictures like grass coming back to life you know mm, as yeah. and and so something inside of us springing back to life you know getting us back to uh an intimate relationship with jesus um there and i love uh, i think as we've talked before you know i love that sense of uh this continuum of you know of like revival is renewal gone viral you know and those kind of things and so this sense of what happens on the inside of my personal inward life affects and can transform the environment around me you know which is what jesus yeah. revealed to the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. He opened up his, his body. Basically, he put on a lightning suit and that inward prayer life, that inward life of who he really was on the inside shone through to the outside, you know? And that coming down from the mountain, you know, he encounters the, the demon-possessed uh, boy down there and, and, and this prayer and fasting, these things. So those kind of ideas of that, personal sense of what's going on the inside of us you know becoming renewed a and and even in a sense of when you say the word renew you know it's like things being made new or made repurposed in a sense back to their original design you know um uh if i think about culture and those type of things um being put under um godly purposes uh for kingdom advancement yeah, and it's so timely for us to have this conversation just a couple of days after Resurrection Sunday. Yeah. And right in the middle of the Easter season, which in its origins really is speaking to at dawn, which is when we see the resurrection of Jesus take place. Yeah. And renewal is resurrection life. You know, it is rest is restoring something that is broken uh, and making it beautiful once again. I think there's many of us who grew up with this theology that the Lord has come and he has saved us from our sins and we can evacuate this place and it's just going to burn up. But the reality is, is that um, God is restoring the world through his presence. Uh, and there will come a time where all of earth is turned and facing the sun 
constantly 24 seven, um, you know, and so that's the, the vision that pulls us and gives us hope. And that's what we're fighting for and contending for and little beams of life and little manifestations of the kingdom um, wherever we go. And I love the talk you talking about being presence filled and um, this inner work. I mean, let's be honest, renewal can't happen apart from the human heart. Uh, it requires us to experience renewal. And so when we walk into our workplaces or our neighborhoods or um, the coffee shop that we go to, which by the way, T's rocking a union coffee company hat. So I'm hey. thrilled by that <laughs> little, little shameless plug there for union. But that when we go into those spaces, there is a, there's a presence filled reality uh, of what we carry in us. And so, um, well guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really hope that this conversation just kind of puts a pebble in your shoe to get you thinking about what it means to um, contend in prayer, to pray for renewal, to fight, to stand firm, to um, to step into the authority that God has given you, to have a sense of boldness, to put on the full armor of God. Um, and so my, my hope and my desire, again, this is a rhythm for you. It's a practice. Maybe it's a new practice that you're implementing uh, in terms of prayer. Um, and so I'm just very encouraged today to have T join us. And I hope that it was encouraging for you who are listening today. Grace and peace to all of you. And uh, we're praying for renewal and restoration to um, pop up in places that we find ourselves where we live, work, and play. 